1: Welcome once again to the Situation Report, where we give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stolnucker here on the big screen with Chad Robichaux, and uh, glad to have you with us today. Looking forward to a great conversation with our guest. But before we jump into that conversation, uh, I really want to kind of set the stage. I think all of us understand... We are right in the middle of a very contentious election season, and um, uh, I've been through a number of election seasons, times, like all of you have, and I don't remember one that was crazier than the one we're (laughs) involved in right now and so many other issues, of course, but it can be difficult, particularly as a person of faith. To know exactly what we're supposed to do, we could look at the different candidates. We could say there's good about each one. There's certainly bad about each one. Uh, Some support things we like and others support other things we like. It can be extremely confusing. And I think a lot of Christians even have just decided to tap out. Um, I'm not going to vote for anything. I, I actually was on social media today and I saw uh, I think the group on Facebook was evangelicals for Biden something like that and uh, you know to me as someone who considers themselves an evangelical I I have a hard time understanding that Uh, but clearly what that indicates is that there is a division there's a there's a line um, and we're all having a hard time navigating that and uh, really wanted to talk about that for a minute but Chad I know that uh, you spend a lot of time Talking about this and thinking through some of these things, um, what a crazy time to be alive and to go through this.
2: Yeah, it, it is a really crazy time, and uh, and I don't think our country has ever been more divided on uh, on it. Especially if you look at the presidential candidate in the presidential election coming yeah. up in the third. I don't think the country's ever been more divided. But I think it's division in, in amongst uh, amongst geographical groups, amongst uh, and amongst the individual parties. Like, uh, you know, I, I and. You know, I, I'm, I'm part of the Trump campaign, uh, kind of full disclosure for those who don't know. So I, I am definitely biased on this topic because I believe, you know, President Trump is the candidate to continue on and be reelected as president of the United States. It's the most important thing for our country right now. Uh, but also as, not just as someone that supports the president, but uh, the reason I support the president is because as a Christian, there's so many things that I hold dear as a Christian, uh, such as religious liberty. So I cannot imagine uh, how a Christian could sit this election out um, when religious liberties is so much at stake at this time. And, uh, but, but one of the questions I get, and I, I get this because I'm on social media and I have a lot of people that uh, follow me and they care about what I have to say. I don't know why, but they actually <laughs> they have something, they have good advice. But they reach out to me and, they, and, and people from, uh, it started off more like Republicans and Christians. And now I'm getting, as we get closer election, election, it's, it's surprising me, but I'm seeing so many Democrats that are reaching out to me and asking me, hey, the election's coming up. And I don't feel like I align with my party anymore. But I can't vote for Donald Trump. Tell, like, give me—they're like, throw me a bone. Give me a reason right. that I should vote for Donald Trump. And uh, and I and I tell them this. This is something that I, I tell them to do. Something that I do. I don't look. At, I try not to look at the personality of an individual candidate. Right. I'm trying to think of, you know, three to five things that are very important to me that I just feel like it's not America without, uh, you know, religious liberties, Const- the Constitution uh pro-life my second amendment and uh in in america first like and then uh, donald trump thinking the words america first by the way america first uh international <laughs> i
1: thought i thought he did he put on a hat and stuff <laughs> yeah,
2: and then, like, america has to be first when it comes to trade deals and so, uh, those things are the most important things to me and so for me i'm not going to look at do it like trump or do it like biden i'm going to look at those five things and say which candidate aligns more closely with me on those five things. And that's who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. I'm not going to sit it out. I'm going to look at and say, this is what's important to me, important to my family, important to my future, and that's who I'm going to vote for. And that's what I'm encouraging every American to do. Whether, whether you pick up those five things and they go totally against Donald Trump and you have to vote for Biden, then that's okay. I'm not yeah. telling you who to vote for. I'm telling you, you have to participate.
1: You know, it's been uh, really interesting to me in this conversation. If we had two candidates, two presidential candidates, let's say, that were very, very close. They believed basically the same thing. And even on, you know, we'll, we'll take out the life issue because I think that to me is, is the issue. Let's take the life issue out. They align on everything. I can then understand someone saying, you know what, I'm going to sit this thing out. I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter anyhow. But when they, <laughs> there are two sides that are so different, uh, again, as you just mentioned, it, it doesn't matter which one you pick. How can you possibly say, I'm not going to vote? It's either that important on the left or that important on the right. But I don't know how with candidates that are so different, you can say, I'm not going to participate. It's people crazy this, to me. When
2: people say this is the most influential election of, our, of a lifetime. It is because every American's daily life will be changed, will be different based on who's elected president. Right. In November. It doesn't matter who you are, what you believe. Depending on what happens in November, your life is going to be different one way or other. Yeah, if Joe Biden's become president. Your everyday life will be different—the way, what income you have, uh, what health care you have, uh, what you know, what our country is going to do for our, our sons and daughters yeah. who serve in the military and our national security, uh, how our policing's done in our communities. Everything depends on this election, and it's going to be very different. Yeah. So you better take it seriously, and you better vote according to what you want right. because if you don't, then how can you say anything when you
1: don't get right. what you want? Another interesting aspect, and we're going to ask our guest this question or about this, is the idea of kind of the incumbent candidate, the guy he's been there forever, the the career politician. And it's really interesting when you're evaluating candidates who are running against each other, apart from their personalities and you know what they say they're going to do, to look at two people with different time frames of track record. We have one who 47 years, um, you know, being a politician pursuing. Uh, different policies and and goals and agendas, we can look at that and say, has he been successful? And you can draw your own conclusion on that. And then someone who's been a politician for uh, just under four years and asked the same question, um, really a very stark contrast and a stark difference. So when we step back and ask the question, have they been successful? How we evaluate that is also extremely important. And I think... um, very relevant to the cycle that we're in right now Um, so much that you and I could talk about but we have a great uh, guest with us today who will help unpack some of this and looking forward to talking to him Derek Van Orden is with us he is retired Navy SEAL uh, best-selling author and currently the congressional candidate for the third district of Wisconsin and uh, Derek really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to help us unpack some of this
0: well you're it's great to be here and um it's always nice to see you, fellas. And I know that uh, this is truly an amazing thing that you have started and uh, it continues to grow. And that is an indication that what you're doing is right sure. and proper. So thank you very much. And uh, you did miss one thing. I am the Republican candidate Re- for U.S. Congress.
1: Well, I didn't assume that anyone would assume that we would have anyone other than a Republican on here, but the Republican <laughs> candidate <laughs> for the 3rd District of Wisconsin. And uh, did I say seal? I don't know if I if I said seal. I know I said it once or twice. I'm not sure if I said it enough times.
2: <laughs> That's a three time quota. You missed, hey, Derek. Uh, I just sure. want to jump right into it. You know, first of all, congratulations on endorsement from the president. Uh, you know, President Trump is, is someone I you know I, I appreciate in, uh, in, in and in championing moving into uh, 2020. And uh, I know that you you and him just have so much in mind. And so it, uh, he got he gave you a direct shout out. And uh, really endorse you strongly, and I'm just really, really happy you got that. And uh, and then it also looks like the Republican Party's getting behind you to win and in, uh, in your district. So uh, congratulations on all that. As a as like Americans, I mean, one of the things I've been telling people is, look, it's it's not personalities, it's policies. When you can vote for someone right now, you can't look at people's personalities. You have to look at the policies. And it's just a crazy election cycle, and there's so many issues. I mean, as as a voter. You want to look at policies, I tell people he pick three to five things that are important to you that are very important to you. you can't do without, and you try to find a candidate that aligns with those those personal things but as as a as a politician running for office and you may not want to consider yourself a politician, but you are a person running for political office uh, how do how do you as someone running for office, determine what issues you're going to run on because just like someone voting uh, picks issues I mean uh, candidates should always have you know, certain issues that they're going to run on. So how do you pick those issues and what are some of those issues for you?
0: Well, I'm running for the title of representative and the guy that's in office right now, his name is Ron Kine, believes the title I think is your lordship. (laughs) Um, So what I've been doing and I started this months ago is speaking to as many uh, potential voters as I possibly can in the district that I plan on representing. And this is what I found out. Um, And it's changed a little bit. It's morphed because of the issues that we had in Kenosha and we had in Minneapolis is right across the Mississippi River from us. So this uh, defund the police movement that started is really made people think about their individual personal security more so than when I started this. So that's really kind of top of the line here um, is taking care of um, our cities and our communities to make sure that people are safe. So that's real big. Another one is is uh, clearly the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. People want to make sure that they have uh, the ability to live healthy. And so defeating the uh, coronavirus uh, itself is is a big topic that we're working on here. Um, Opening up the economy is huge. I'm in an agricultural district, and we are workers. And, you know, as a senior enlisted Navy SEAL, I'm a tradesman. I've worked with my hands my whole life. I've supported my family and myself since I was 16 so opening the economy uh safely effectively efficiently and quickly very very important and uh, the third big thing here is getting our children and young adults back to school uh safely efficiently effectively and quickly i'm really afraid that uh, we essentially have an entire generation of american children that are taking a gap year because of this less than 40 percent of my district has reliable high-speed internet so when we're talking wow. about teaching uh children and young adults uh via the internet Um, it's a well overused word, uh, problematic, but it certainly is here in this rural district. So those are the big things. The security, getting uh, the virus uh, gone, getting people back to work safely, getting our, our younger adults and children back to school safely.
2: Hi, my name is Chad Robichaux, author of An Unfair Advantage, Victory in the Midst of Battle. In this book, I share my experiences from my time on the battlefield of Afghanistan, to my time as a professional MMA fighter, to the battle I faced when I came home from Afghanistan and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and suffered with anxiety, depression, and a battle with taking my own life and becoming another veteran suicide statistic. But also want to share the journey forward, As I tapped into biblical principles that helped me align my life with being the man that I was created to be and living the life that I was created to live. So get your copy today at Amazon.com and discover an unfair advantage for the battles ahead.
1: Before we jump into that, I'd love to talk to you for just a second about church. We all know how important church is, but things have gotten kind of twisted sideways of late. We all know that we're experiencing that. If you're looking for a church and maybe just an online experience because your normal worship experience is not available to you, check out the church that I attend, coastlineonline.org. It's a church that we've been attending for about 20 years. The music is great. The worship experience is incredible. The preaching is directly from Scripture. And I would invite you to come and be a part of that service with us, coastlineonline.org. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit mightyoaksprograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our service men and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's mightyoaksprograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies For eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is Mighty Oaks Programs.org. I think one of the uh, um, interesting aspects of every election is looking at a career politician, someone who's been in office for decades in some cases and not having the ability to determine whether or not they've been successful. One one of the most interesting things, particularly about the presidential election right now to me, is we have someone who's been in a position of power for 40 years telling the guy who's been in the position of power for three years uh, that he messed it all up. It's the craziest thing to me. I think we've lost our ability to determine if someone's been successful. Um, how should someone look at a career politician or any politician, I guess, for that matter and determine they have been successful or they have not been successful. And therefore I will or will not vote for them.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's great. Joe Biden's actually been in office for 47 years. Wow. The guy that I'm running against, uh, promised he would do no more than 12 years in office. And that was 24 years ago. So that's what we wow. call a clue. Uh, why wow. kind of a big deal. Um, this guy also uh, had a phone call with our 18 sheriffs in our district um, and told them he'd never sign a bill or excuse me, never vote for a bill that remove qualified immunity from them as police officers. Uh, and then he failed to mention that eight days before that he actually co-sponsored the bill that remove qualified immunity from all police officers at a federal level. So he went into his phone call fully knowing that he was going to lie to our sheriffs. Wow! So that's a huge indicator. Um, When you're just simply not truthful about things, that should tell you something. When you're doing politics, vice policy, uh, this guy sat on the USMCA for an extended period of time and specifically said Nancy Pelosi is the gatekeeper for USMCA, the United States, Canada, Mexico agreement. Why that's such a huge deal here in my district is we lost 840-some farms during that period of time while these people were sitting on that trade agreement because they did not want to give Donald Trump a political victory, and they were chasing the impeachment. That's how you look at these people. Look at their actions. Don't listen to them. He got a D rating from the NRA, and it's like the best quote. It describes his legislative career to a T. It's like regardless of of public statements can be guaranteed to vote uh, against uh, guns. So so regardless of what this guy says... (laughs) He does the opposite when he gets to D.C. And yeah. it would be funny, but it's not. I mean, this guy, he he makes a lot of money here. He gets his money from the insurance companies, medical insurance companies, and pharmaceutical companies, and then tells everybody he's trying to lower everybody's insurance costs or medical insurance costs and pharmaceutical costs. But they're paying him. They pay him millions of dollars throughout the year. That's what you look at. And then look at the party platform itself. What What is what is the most glaring thing that we can talk about as Christians on the Democrat platform? It's abortion at will.
1: right? Yeah. That's right. Um, So
0: if you look at that from a a faith-based perspective, that is on the platform. And you can't deny that Donald Trump is the most pro-life president in the history of the United States. You just can't deny that. Absolutely. So as Christians, we look at that and say, you know, how do we – life living in the pursuit of happiness starts with life, doesn't it? And when you've got an entire party that says – it, this is so important that we're able to uh, end human life whenever we want to uh, before this this child is physically born. Um, yeah. That they're going to write it on the platform. To me, that's a showstopper.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, as Christians, and you and I are both Christians, and being Christians, we're in we're embedded in the faith community. And 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 I hear this is not me speaking, but I hear a lot of people from the faith community who would actually look at opponents on both sides and say. All opponents are morally flawed So how do I vote for, for someone who's morally morally flawed And sometimes they don't even vote Christians don't vote And right. uh, so what would, you, what would you say to Christians uh, who, who view candidates from this kind of pompous position Of, of everybody's flawed And uh, so I can't vote for them
0: Yeah, there's two interesting things here, Chad First, Ben Ward says Congress shall make no law Establishing religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof That's a rough paraphrase Seculars, secular uh, folks really are, they harp on that first part, Congress can't do establishment of a religion, right? Well, they forget the other part, that Congress can't prohibit the free exercise thereof. And then we, when we're talking about uh, John 17, when Christ is discussing, he's, you know, he's praying to, to the Father about uh, the disciples. And he said, look, I'm out of this world. I gave my word and they're being persecuted. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but uh, you know, I'm asking you to be with them. That sort of thing. that That's roughly paraphrased as in, but not of. So we're called to be in, but not of. And this is what Christians have forgotten. The first part of that sentence, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. So we have abdicated our responsibility as Christians um, to make sure that there is some type of appreciable moral compass in the United States. Ronald Reagan said, uh, you know, America is a shining city on a hill. Remember that? Yes. Where do you think that light was supposed to come from, Chad? Hmm. Right?
2: Yeah, come, yeah, I, mean, I, I mean the light the light of this country comes from our, our founding Christian principles. I mean that's where we stand. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well so we have given that up. And it's time. When you when it is a, a uh, it's an actual topic of discussion in the public square, if you have to render medical aid to a human baby that survived right. in a broken attempt, that's because Christians have abdicated our responsibility yes. and years ago didn't just say no. You know who's saying no? Donald J. Trump is saying no. You say no, and I'm saying no. And if that means I don't get into office, I don't care because it's so important that we cling to these principles and we show that we truly care for all of these unborn children, the most innocent amongst us. We have to stand for that, man. You stand for something, or you fool, or you'll fall for everything. Well, I'm not. I'm not falling for anything. This
2: goes beyond pastors. This goes to. I mean, this goes beyond politicians. It goes to pastors too. I mean, pastors getting in roles to speak up against. If your pastors everybody listening right if your pastor's not doesn't speak against abortion then you might want to consider finding a different church
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, because, no,
2: 100%. because you're not you're yeah. not in the right place if they don't have the courage to do that because they're worried about the numbers on sunday then uh then you're not in the right place
0: yeah uh um so this is what i'd say to to christians that don't vote um we need to remember this we have a responsibility and uh me personally, the only theocracy I want to live in is the one when Christ returns. And if we really do read the Bible, that's really the only theocracy that we should want to live under. And having been to countries that were theocracies, as a, uh, you guys in combat, you see it's a disaster. Yeah. Um, so focus on people's accomplishments, what they've actually done. Um, if you really truly believe that uh, life is precious. Then you need to make sure that you vote uh, with a party and with a candidate that understands uh, that from a moral and ethical uh, and religious perspective, just as you do. That's what Christians are supposed to do.
1: Derek, uh, I know you got to run. Man, I respect you so much. I know I could speak for Chad as well on that. And uh, for your service, we're so grateful. For those that want to continue to follow you and uh, even support you, and I would encourage folks to do that, where can they find out more information? Where can they support and get behind what you're doing? Uh,
0: Van Orden for congress.com and at Derek Van Orden on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And we do, I've got four major media markets here, and so it is rather expensive to do this. Um, and I get that um, but first and foremost the the first tab that we made on our website was our prayer team awesome. so if you can't do anything else um, I would appreciate your prayers and that is for uh, strength, courage, and wisdom that's not for victory victory is up to the Lord and this is going to turn out um, how God wants it to I had a person ask me this the other day and people are very agitated they're worried about voter fraud and all this stuff and so am I but he said what's going to happen November 4th and I said the sun's going to rise and Christ is going to be in charge. Right.
1: Man, that's awesome. Thank you, Derek. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope.
0: It's for five, fellas. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Thank sir. You, I'm proud of you. So appreciate Derek's perspective on everything that's happening. And, and it is so confusing to have that perspective and have someone be able to kind of deconstruct that for us is so helpful. A couple of key points, and I want to give that to you today as the situation report. The first thing is consider the record. Look at those who are running for office, and particularly those who have been in office for some time. Consider their record. Have they done what they said they were going to do? We were given an example in our conversation, in our interview, about uh, how candidates are capable of saying one thing while doing the opposite. We know this to be true. Consider the record. Have they done what they say they're going to do? Along with that, we need to align with the candidate who reflects our values. Consider the record, see what they've said and what they've done, and then align with the candidate who reflects our values. More than personalities, we need to align with someone who has done what we would like to see done, and this is a great way to cut through so much of the noise in an election year. And then for Christians, as we discussed, we need to be in but not of the world. Certainly, we do not need to adopt so many of the policies that the world around us adopts, but we are to be salt and light. We are to stand up for what we believe to be right and true, and how important that is, maybe more now than ever. A lot more was said, but for today, that is your Situation Report. Appreciate you joining us today. Look forward to talking to you next time.
0: Hey, my name's uh, Chris Powell uh, from Louisiana. Um, Basically got here um, to Mighty Oaks uh, from a a friend from the church um, that reached out to me, uh, knowing that I was going through some problems uh, at the time and over the past years, been going through the same problems. Uh, Going through a few things from um, my tour to Afghanistan in 2011 and 12, um, and then previous from losing my brother in Iraq. Uh, so this program definitely helped me, and I would suggest that anybody that's, that's thinking about this program or wants to know about this program um, should have information on the website and on Facebook. We live in a country with nearly 23 million veterans. Sadly, many of those who have served come home carrying the invisible scars of war. With 22 veteran suicides each day, these men and women often live in despair. Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs challenges these warriors to pursue a purpose beyond their service. By acknowledging the difficulties they face, we equip them to embrace a bright future. There is a solution to the brokenness experienced by
1: so many. For more information or to be a part of that solution, visit us at MightyOaksPrograms.org.